Well, welcome to part two of the Fight to Flourish series. This has been such a special time all on um, my book, The Fight to Flourish. Hopefully you've been able to grab your copy, a copy for a friend, a small group curriculum, audio book. Um, and I'm really, really excited for this message today and what we're gonna go through and what we're gonna talk through. And uh, I've called this message, Black and white and color all over, if you're taking notes. Black and white movies. I don't know how you feel when you hear about those, but maybe some of us love them. Maybe some of us, it brings a nostalgia to the first time we ever saw a movie, or it makes us feel happy to watch an old, innocent, romantic movie. I was so excited um, a little while back to show some of my daughters one of these movies, Casablanca, actually. And um, it didn't go as planned. The whole time they're like, wait, this is gonna be black and white the whole time? And yes, it was. And I totally get that, actually. Because watching a black and white film actually feels foggy, and it feels kind of unrelatable, and it doesn't feel real sometimes. And I honestly feel like my life can tend to feel like these old films, black and white, no depth, no multi-dimensions, um, and maybe sometimes a little drab and colorless. And this week, we are going to look at what our lives truly consist of and how we can not only embrace the difficulty, but that we can actually shine in it, living the flourishing lives that we were meant to live. I personally have found that the hard parts and the good parts of life don't happen separately. They usually happen simultaneously. We can experience the mountaintop highs and the valley lows at the exact same time. And in a way, they blend together. And it doesn't seem possible, and honestly, sometimes it doesn't even seem natural. But the sooner we can recognize and embrace the fact that there's beauty in the blend, the sooner we can live through it confidently and with purpose. And I realize that this presents such a tension in this life that we're living. We live this out. We have courage and we feel fear at the same time. We feel useless and yet we see God use us. We lose in one area of our lives, and then we win in another area. We celebrate the birth of someone, and we grieve the death of someone we love. We have heartache in one relationship, and we simultaneously have strength and joy in another. We can mourn and celebrate. And in our life, I just wanted to show a few examples of what this has looked like, pictures that we've taken. This is a Lenya's snowy grave and a bunch of snow paint around it because it was a way that we were celebrating with our kids. Um, one year, the snow fully covered the grave and we couldn't even see it, so we tried to find the area and we put roses on top of it confetti at a grave because we have little kids and so we're trying to find the the sweetness and the beauty of celebration that she's in heaven while at the same time grieving brightness and fun while at the same time hurting worshiping and weeping this was at Lenya's celebration of life we were literally worshiping while we were weeping and this is 10 days after Lenya went to heaven and oh, this I is Daisy 
dancing as our little Daisy does. And that's just a picture of it, but but that's what we experience in life, don't we? We experience the the heartache, but then in the next moment we're we're experiencing something happy and wonderful. In Ecclesiastes 3, it says there is a time for everything and a season for every activity under under the heavens. And there's a long list, so I'm only going to read some of them. But it says a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to uproot, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones and a time to gather them, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing and it goes on and on and on a time to love and a time to hate he has made everything beautiful in its time he has also set eternity in the human heart yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end and this is beautiful this is showing us that there's a season for everything and yes there are seasons there are things we go through and then we don't but what about when these different things collide together What about when we experience birth and death at the same time? What what about when we experience um, mourning and, and, and dancing at the same time? And how do we live in this tension? How do we live with this pulling between the hard and the good? Well, first of all, I wanna say that we grow in the dark. That's one way to deal with this tension. We grow in the dark. And like we talked about last week, the seed initially makes its great debut in the dark. The first signs of growth aren't seen by anyone unless you have that camera built in the side. And I have a little video of showing that of the seed starting and sprouting and it's so creepy because it looks like a worm trying to find its way through the dirt but this is what you normally can't see under the ground this is all stuff that's happening before the plant shoots out and now we could see it coming out but I love how it shows both but it's the roots going down deep that we can't see and the thing is is that it's actually possible and necessary to grow in the dark. Uh, But this part of growth, um, but part of this growth is actually perspective and how we look at the dark and how we view the trials and the difficulties that we face. Uh, In James chapter one, verses two through four, it says, my fellow believers, when it seems as though you are facing nothing but difficulties, See it as an invaluable opportunity to experience the greatest joy you can. For you know that when your faith is tested, it stirs up power within you to endure all things. And this was written by James, the brother of Jesus, and he's writing to these Christians who were scattered abroad, who were being persecuted for their faith uh, in Christ. And he's telling them that the difficulties they're facing um, is actually an opportunity for joy. Uh, in another translation, it says, consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kinds. And he's saying here, the trial and the joy can coexist, and not only coexist, but actually go hand in hand. Because, he says, you know that when your faith is tested, it stirs up power within you to endure all things. 
And I don't know what trial or what difficulty or what challenge you're facing right now. I know that it might feel dark right where you're at. And that weight, you might feel it on your chest. But I also know that God is working in you. He's working deeper than you can see. Just like we saw those roots going deep down in the dirt, he's working in the soil of your life. He's working in the soil of your soul more than what you can even see and more than what you can understand. And I just thought of these two examples in the Bible um, who were literally in a dark place. And the first that I found and was reminded of because we've been reading this with our kids is the story of Daniel. And his story is found in the book of Daniel in the Bible. And there's a part of his story where he's thrown in a den of lions. And these are real stories. These are stories of things that happened to real people in the Bible. Um, And he was thrown into this den for one night because he was praying to God and not to the king. Uh, it's so funny because in our kids' Bibles, we get the illustrated picture or painting of what it might have looked like in the den. And usually we see the lions snuggling up with Daniel and he's kneeling and praying. And we see the angel who's like the nightlight in the den and it's so calm and peaceful. And may- maybe it was, I'm not saying it wasn't, but in my mind, I picture it being pitch black and it was night and I don't know if there was like a one of those flaps that flaps over the top of the den and then he's just in in there and it's pitch black and there's no lamps and no night lights and no um bed but just lions surrounding him in the dark and I would call this I would consider this uh like James says difficulties from all sides he was surrounded by difficulties. And as you read the story, it's so funny because um, it, it describes Daniel, and I would picture him like freaking out, and I can't believe this, and no, don't put me in the lion's stand. But the whole time, you just kind of get this vibe about him that he was just kind of chill and calm. And, uh, but he was still in the dark, and he was still with lions that would normally eat people. And it was God who closed the lion's mouths. But it's interesting because it, it says that when he was lifted out of the den, it says that no wound was found on him because he trusted in his God. He wasn't wounded. God had protected him in the middle of the darkness. The second person I thought of that came to mind from the Bible, uh, his story is very different than Daniel's, and he is actually very different. His name's Jonah, and he also ends up in a very dark place. It's a crazy story, and you should actually read it this week. It's only four chapters. It's the book of Jonah. And our son is actually obsessed with this story right now. He loves reading about Jonah in the fish. And he's just intrigued, like, because there's a picture at the end that shows Jonah being spit out of the fish, and that's, like, his favorite part. Um, But basically, Jonah doesn't want to do what God asked him to do. So he tries to run away from God. Yes, it's true. Uh, He causes a storm. So he's on this boat and a storm's happening. And then he admits to the captain, you know, actually, I'm probably the cause of the storm because I'm kind of running away from my God because I don't want to do what he asked me to do. And they're like, are you really? You're running away from your God? And so he said, you should probably just toss me off the boat and then everything, you'll be fine, you'll be fine. Um, So they do. And the storm stops 
but Jonah is still in the water. And the Bible says, the Lord provided a huge fish to swallow Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights. It's crazy to think that God, God's provision was a three-night stay in the belly of a fish. He provided. I mean, I, I wouldn't look at that and say, oh, God's provision is this. And, but that's what this was. God was saving his life through a fish swallowing him. And again, in the kid's Bible, uh, we can see him in there in the, in the belly of the fish. And maybe he has a little candle going. And he's on his knees. And he's writing in his journal. But the reality of it is that it was pitch black in the belly of the fish. They're, I mean, he's already down in the ocean, so it's already dark, but he's in the stomach of a fish. And he probably couldn't start a fire. It's probably very moist in there and disgusting and, and everything, it's pitch black dark. But it was actually a gift from God to save his life to let a fish swallow him. But I can imagine that it didn't feel like a gift in the moment. And perhaps, honestly, perhaps Jonah didn't even want to live. When he said, hey, you guys should just throw me off the, the boat, he was probably ready to be like, yeah, I should probably just die anyways because I don't, I, don't I don't deserve life. But God's gift was saving him. And each example, Daniel and Jonah, each example, they had to grow in the dark experience. Daniel trusted God in the dark and Jonah repented and worshiped in the dark. And I believe that you can grow in the dark right here, in this dark that you might be in right now, or that you will be in in the future. I believe that you can grow. And whatever that is in that place of heartache and confusion, I want to encourage you to see this trial, to see this challenge as an opportunity to trust God like never before. And maybe even ask God to help you see, see all of this with a fresh perspective. I recently heard of the story of these two guys, Arthur Blank and Bernie Marcus, and they were both fired from their jobs at a regional hardware store. And that's dark. That's hard. Uh, that feeling of having those bills stack up but not having any way to pay for them. You're losing all sustenance and, and ability to for a living. No way to pay the bills. No way to keep going forward. This is a dark place. This is a hard thing. And this hard thing actually led them to co-founding Home Depot in 1978. And now they're billionaires, and one of them owns the Atlanta Falcons, and they're experiencing success and blessing but they also experienced the darkest day, and that was actually an opportunity for what was around the corner that they couldn't see, and probably in the moment, they, wouldn't, they didn't see that as a gift. They didn't see that as an opportunity. They saw that as, this is the end. But the, it was the opportunity for the next thing. It was the opportunity for the better thing around the corner. And we are going to face trouble, and it's possible as we face it to embrace it while we're in it. It's possible to do that. It's possible to hold on tight to God and to not let go when we're in the midst of the dark, when we're in the midst of the heartache and the grief and the struggle. And as we grow in the dark, 
we also don't have to be surprised by pain. I love how in 1 Peter 4, verse 12, says, Dear friends, don't be surprised by the terrible things happening to you. The trouble you are having has come to test you. So don't feel as if something strange were happening to you. Instead, be joyful that you are taking part in Christ's sufferings. Then you will have even more joy when Christ returns in glory. Even more joy. I love that so much. We cannot avoid the bad things that happen in life. We can't avoid those things. But we can ask God to open our eyes to see how the good and the bad can actually blend together. And we can even ask him to help us see that we need these hard things in order to flourish. They're a part of the process. They're a part of the journey. And as we live in this tension of hard and good, we can also walk in the light. We're meant to walk in the light. Now, light makes all the difference in the world. When you walk into a museum, a good museum, the lighting has been thought thought over and designed, and it's very intentional. As you go in and you see art on the walls and sculptures and, and all the beauty, the light shining on them, the light shining behind them, the light shining in the ceiling upward to expose the beautiful ceiling, to create the ambiance and the, and the vibes in the space. It's very, the lighting is very important. Same as in a home. So often the lighting has um, has been very intentionally uh, thought out and created and designed. The, I imagine the lights that are under the cupboards in the kitchen or the, the lights that show, like you can't even see the lights, but it just shows light on the ceiling. It's just so creative, but it's so beautiful. We're meant to experience light and to ex experience it in a, a beautiful way. Right now, literally in our bathroom, uh, if you can imagine the vanity lights over the mirrors, all of my light bulbs are out because I've been having a hard time like finding the right light bulbs that match. Like I want the like the natural light ones, not like the blue ones or the purple ones. And so I put them in and then so right now there's like a purple one and then a, a natural light one, but then now they're all out. But then on my husband's side, they're all like brightly lit and it looks so good on that side. However, I feel so good on my side because the lighting is dim and I don't see all the blemishes and I, I feel great. It's like when you go to a store and try on clothes, like they purposefully try to make the, the lighting dim so that you feel good in whatever you try on. But then if I'm doing my makeup, I have to go on his side because I have to see like the things that I need to cover up and my makeup and all that stuff. Um, but light. We are meant to walk in the light. We're meant to walk um, with Christ. In Genesis, it says that God created light out of darkness. He specializes in that, and he calls us into his light. And you might be saying, but Jenny, it's easy for you. Uh, but how do I walk in the light? How do I walk in the light in the middle of my pain? How do I walk in the light in the middle of my struggle that I'm in right now? I'm like Jonah, and, and I brought some of this pain on myself, and I'm full of guilt, and I'm full of shame, and I can't face anyone, let alone God. Well, I want to tell you, right where you are, that Jonah found strength and grace and chains breaking when he finally turned to God in the darkness, and when he finally repented, and when he finally worshiped. 
And so I say to you, pray to God in your darkness, in your shame, in your guilt. Pray to God. Run to him, not away from him. Run to the one who will help you. Run to the one who loves you. Run to the one who will comfort you and who will change you and from the inside out. And that light will be inside you from the inside out. And you don't have to pull yourself together in order to run to him. You don't have to be a certain way or act a certain way. Jonah was literally in the dark, and he literally smelled bad, and he literally was in the lowest place, and yet in all of that, in the mess, he looked up, and God met him there. And another way to walk in the light is to let his word light your path. I love this verse so much. Psalm 119 verse 105 says, Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light for my path. In the message translation, it says, By your words, I can see where I'm going. They throw a beam of light on my dark path. I love this. God's word lights our path. I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but in public restrooms, sometimes they don't have the on-off switch that you can walk in and turn it on or turn it off, but it's the censored one. So you walk in and it's dark and you kind of just keep walking and you're just hoping like, okay, I hope this, this bathroom light turns on. And sometimes you have to close the light and it's just, it's so awkward, but you take the step and the light turns on. And I believe that that's the same with God. As we draw near to him, the Bible says he will draw near to us. We have to take a step of faith. We have to take that step of running to him. We have to take that step of calling on the name of Jesus and, and running to the one who will save us. Um, in, in the Bible, in John chapter 8, it says, I am the light, the, I'm the world's light. No one who follows me stumbles around in the darkness. I provide plenty of light to live in. That's our God. Yes, we'll have times of darkness, and in the darkness we can shine bright, but God's called us to walk in the light because he's provided that light in us, and he's provided that light for us to walk in. And as we grow in the dark, as we walk in the light, as we let the trials do the work deep in our souls, we can shine in the dark. And that's my third point. Shine where you are. Often shining bright means letting God use our pain and our heartache. And if you've ever lit a glow stick, which I'm sure we all have at some point, you know that you have to crack it in order to induce the chemical reaction in the tube that makes it light up. And if you want God to use you, know that it will likely involve pain. And I know that this statement is hard and there's tension to it, it's not easy to hear. And you might even be saying, but Jenny, that's easy for you to say, but you're not dealing with what I'm dealing with right now. I feel like I'm losing it. I feel like I'm going crazy. I feel like it's really hard to gain any traction, just to keep walking forward, to take the next step, to take the next breath. I feel like this is so hard. This is so dark where I am that the possibility of shining in this it seems so far and it actually seems impossible. What I signed up for isn't happening. My experience is not matching what I was expecting. This isn't what I thought my life would look like. I feel like, I feel like Bills are stacking up and I can't pay. I feel like I'm not going to make it through this situation with my spouse. 
And I want to tell you right here in this moment and how you feel what you're going through that you are not alone. Your pain is real what you're going through. And God is with you. I love this next example in the Bible that I thought of of a man who uh, spent time in the dark. And his name is Joseph. And God had given him great dreams of being elevated and great success and influence and being in the spotlight. Um, But then what he proceeded to spend a great deal of his life in the dark. God had promised praise, and he experienced the pit, the prison, and false accusation in the palace. But he embraced each step. And he sa- I love his example. He's a, gr- a great example of going through the dark and shining in it. And all throughout his story, he looks to God, and he trusts him, and he works hard, and he loves, and he gives in the midst of the trouble. And so I speak that over you that whatever you're going through right now, that God is with you. You can trust him even though you can't see what's going on under the surface. But know that as you trust him, as you call out to him, that he's doing a work deep in your soul and there are roots going down deep. Even when you don't feel like things are happening, you can trust him. I wanna go back to that passage in James in a different translation. It says, consider it a sheer gift, friends, when tests and challenges come at you from all sides. You know that under pressure, your faith life is forced into the open and shows its true colors. So don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Let it do its work so you become mature and well-developed, not deficient in any way. In another translation, the true colors talks about this steadfastness. And I believe that as we just stay steady, focusing on God, trusting him, looking to him, letting his word light our path, that he's going to bring these vibrant, bright things within us to come to the surface in the middle of our heartache and in the middle of our pain. I think of the uh, birds and don't let Levi fool you. He is a bird lover and we look at birds every single day. And I love it though, because we've been seeing some beautiful things. We just saw this bright yellow bird the other day and we were reading about it in um in my bird study book that I got when I was a senior in high school and I failed econ and I took bird study class instead it's it's fine everything's fine but I have this bird study book and it was telling us that especially about this uh the bright colored birds, that they have these summer colors. The heat of the summer brings out these rich colors in these birds. And then in the winter, they kind of have the more drab, like low key, muted colors. But in the heat of the summer is when their their colors shine bright. And it's the same for trees. I mean, the, the colors that you see in the fall are actually the true colors of these trees. The bright reds and oranges and yellows are the true colors from these trees, but it's the heat that produces this. And the dark, the heat of the trial is meant to bring out the true colors in you. The beauty, the flourishing life that you were meant to live, but in the midst of it, not afterwards, but in the midst. And I believe that over you, that you can shine your true colors in the midst of your heartache and your trouble right now. The glow stick wasn't made to to look uh, all muted and it was actually made to 
to glow. It was made to be broken. It was made to glow in the dark. And to end where we began, it's so interesting because those black and white motion pictures, which were actually first made in the late 1880s, they were capturing people who lived in real life. They lived with real color. The color was there, but it wasn't getting captured. The color was there, but we weren't seeing it on the screen until the first movie was made with the three-color Technicolor in 1935, which was Becky Sharp. And what I want to tell you is that there's color in your life. You might feel like you're in a black and white movie, but the color is there. Let God bring out that color in you. Let him do the deep work that is in you, in your soul. You're coming into color. And I want to end with a picture of the one man in the Bible who was in a dark place and who all these other men that we looked at point to. And it's Jesus. And he lived a perfect life and he died a sinless death. He didn't do anything wrong, but he chose to go into a grave, a dark, cold grave for you and for for me. The Bible says, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame. And you might feel like all of this shining in the dark and embracing the struggle and growing in the dark and walking in the light feels like a lot. It might feel like, like a weight, but it's not your weight to carry. It's not your weight to shine. It's not on you to shine. God has carried that weight for you. Jesus carried that weight for you. And he went into that dark place that cold, dark place. But he rose from the grave. He rose from the dead. And with that same power, we have life. And we have the flourishing, true, colorful life that we were meant to live in Christ. And I believe that he gives you and me the strength to grow in the dark, to walk in the light, and to let our true colors shine right here and right now. Father, we thank you. We thank you that you designed each and every one of us with a beauty and a strength and true colors deep inside us. And I don't know how you do it, but I thank you that you use the hard things to draw those things up to the surface. And I just want to pray for those of you who are in a hard place, who are in the dark, who are feeling that the darkness is closing in and that the pressures are closing in, that the difficulties are all around you and surrounding you. If you would just even just lift one hand or a way to say that you're receiving from God right now. Lord, I pray for your strength in their struggle. I pray for your love to wash over them, that they would know that you're near and that you're not far, that you would remind them that they can grow in the dark 
and if they feel like their their life is colorless i pray that you to remind them that you're using the things right now to draw out the color in them to draw out the beauty to draw out trust in you and vibrant living and loving others and pouring out into others lives I pray for your favor on them and your wisdom inside them. You can put your hands down. And I just want to take a moment for any of you who don't know Jesus, who don't have a relationship with him, who haven't trusted him with your whole life, with your soul, believing that he was the one who who saved you and rose again and gives you this power, this beauty, this um, life, this purpose. If that's you, I'm just going to lead you in a, a quick prayer. Basically, you're calling out to God and saying, God, I need you. You're saying, dear God, I know I'm a sinner. I know I've done things like Jonah. And I've felt shame. I've tried things in my own strength. But right now in this moment, I trust you. I believe you when you say that you sent Jesus to die on the cross for me. I believe. I trust you. Please help me to live a life for your glory and for your fame. In Jesus' name, amen.